It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Greetings, welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Delighted to have you with me. The phone number, should you wish to be a part of the program, 877-973-7425. Oh, I have waited to get to this story. So, there are days... We're like our former president. I like impulse control. And I just, the, the thing that I really want to talk about, I want to talk about, and I get to it out of the gate. There was more pressing stuff today, so I've waited. But now we're here. The story from Sylvia Marchetti at CNN. Here's the headline. This family is moving to Italy because they've had enough of the U.S., As dozens of Italian towns sell off old houses on the cheap, foreigners who rush to grab one are often in search of a year-round sunshine spot, a vacation retreat, or just to live their Italian dream. But one American family has done it to start a new life far from the United States. In 2019, the Dawkins family, Nadine, 59, her husband, Kim, 61, and their children, Lorenzo, 29, and Danae, 27, bought a charming home in the town of Latronico in the southern region of Basilicata. Basilicata. The town of 4,000 inhabitants is located within the pristine Polino National Park and surrounded by hot springs. They got excited after reading CNN's article about Latronico's initiative to sell cheap houses that are already inhabitable rather than ruins for one euro or a little over a dollar. The town advertises available properties on a dedicated website. Reading the article at her home in El Paso, Texas, Nadine Dawkins, a retired former soldier and businesswoman, felt the pull of her ancestry. Her great-great-grandfather was Italian and came to the United States in the 19th century. After hearing my nonna's stories, I always felt a connection to Italy, she tells CNN Travel. As a soldier stationed in the region many years later, I vowed to return. Years more, my husband and I brought our children over to see where they hailed from. Her Italian ancestor took on an American name when he landed in the States, Clint Jeffrey. Nadine doesn't know much about her great-great-grandmother, Lucinda, who was an enslaved woman on an Arkansas plantation when Jeffrey bought her and lived out the rest of his days with her. Unfortunately, I have no additional information about Lucinda. All I know is that she was a slave and he purchased her. My grandmother and great-grandmother never told me anything else about her. I believe it was because of such atrocities that slavery and the memory of it had on them. Because, of course, being born in the 1800s and early 1900s was a hard time for all black people in America. The family decided they wanted to leave the U.S. in 2020 following the murder of George Floyd. 
it showed the world how we, as black people in America, have been treated for centuries, says Nadine. All the racism, all the divisiveness, all the hate that the last administration brought to the forefront has caused an exodus from America of black people who have the means to do so, she says. Notice they just take her at face value on that. They don't actually fact check her. Basically, police brutality towards black people, mass shootings from domestic terrorists, and just the overall hate in this country is why we're leaving the USA. Their move follows Nadine's 30-year career in the military. Her husband, Kim, worked for the U.S. government. The family's going to move to Panama before making the final leap across the Atlantic to Latronico. She doesn't know where her ancestor hailed from, but snapping up one of Latronico's cheap homes seemed like a good way to reconnect to her roots. Now, um, um, well, the three-story home belonged to an upper-crest villager who had elegantly decorated it with pieces of antique furniture. The former owner left two beds, a wardrobe, and trinkets, including porcelain cups. The family added two bathrooms, since all old houses in Latronico have just one. There are two bedrooms, a kitchen that they enlarged into a huge dining room, and an underground cellar. Bug screens were added to all the windows, and the panoramic balconies overlooking the main church were spruced up to better enjoy espresso. The property deeded deeds were signed in 2021. The total final cost was $46,700. It's cute. It's a cute house. They're going to build a new life there. They plan to spend six months a year in Italy using the 90 days in every 180-day rule that non-EU citizens must apply by. and they, they will apply for permanent elective residency visas that require a certain annual amount of passive income. The rest of the time, they're going to be spent in Panama. They want to become Italian citizens. Okay. God bless them. God bless her service. I hate it that she's decided she hates her own country, that she served in the military. But do you know where they're moving in Italy? Um, they're moving to Latronico. In Latronico, in Basilicata, Italy, is, I'm pulling up on my map, but it is southern Italy. It's south of Naples. It is. <laughs> it's an area of Italy that's deeply anti-immigration. And it's an area of Italy that is not very friendly to a lot of people they perceive to be African immigrants. In other words... It's an area of Italy where if they think the United States is racist, they're about to see what it's like in southern Italy. I'm not making that up, by the way. Uh, Italy is a beautiful place and fascinating culture, but the south in Italy, because of the uh, illegal immigrant boats that come over from Africa is deeply anti-immigrant, particularly African immigrants. And here comes a black couple from the United States, despite having some Italian blood, and they're going to move there. 
They fixed up the house. They think they're going to be welcomed. Maybe they will. Maybe they will be welcomed. It is a pretty area, you should know. It, it, it's it's a, unquestionably a pretty area, and it's becoming a very multicultural area. Now, Rome is pretty multicultural. Rome is, but Rome is not Italy. Italy's a whole country beyond Rome, and it's not exactly hospitable in southern Italy to immigrants of any kind. They're more hospitable to white Europeans than any others. So God bless them. I hope they're embraced. I hope they are loved as family. But I wouldn't count on it. They will be viewed as outsiders. Now, beyond that, though, just think about what's happened. This couple is being highlighted and says, well, everyone, all all black people are leaving the country. No, they're not. You had the first black president of the United States. How did race relations in this country deteriorate after Barack Obama? What did you you could say it's Trump, but let's be clear here. It's not really Trump. Trump is a symptom of something else that was provoked by Barack Obama. What exactly was it? You know, as an aside, I have a friend whose father is a priest in the Orthodox Church and uh, does exorcisms and oversees the the exorcisms and has remarked multiple times how the request for exorcisms went up in about 2009. <laughs> He's not making political implications, but it is kind of funny. Obama gets elected and, and suddenly this need for exorcism skyrockets within the church. Um, what is it in this country that you elect the first black president of the United States and everything just degrades thereafter in terms of race relations? And it's Democrats, by the way. It is Democrats who made things worse. It is Democrats who decided after the country elected Barack Obama that they needed to preach systemic racism and tell everyone how systemically racist the country is and how awful it is and how it really formed in 1619, not 1776, and it was formed to protect slavery. I do not think it is a coincidence that you elect the first black president of the United States and race relations bottom out as a bunch of race grifters in this country have to convince people that racism is on the rise in this country because otherwise they're going to go broke. If you are a nonprofit or profitable enterprise that fights racism in America— and you elected the first black president of the United States, you're going to go broke unless you amplify racial disharmony in the country. And if we're really honest, Barack Obama got to choose to be black. He had a white mom. He could have identified as multiracial, but he chose to identify as black. And what's so interesting to me is that Barack Obama and the left are now out lecturing Tim Scott, who's an actual descendant of slaves. Barack Obama's uh, ancestors owned slaves. Barack Obama comes from a family that descends from slave owners on his mother's side. His father is from Kenya. He could be the authentic African-American. Tim Scott's family on both sides descend from slaves. Wouldn't it be ironic if... One of Barack Obama's ancestors owned one of Tim Scott's ancestors, and here's Barack Obama lecturing Tim Scott about race in America and the American dream and the ability to overcome. 
it's just interesting to me how divided this country became after Barack Obama. I wonder when history when, – because right now you can't say anything bad about Obama because everything stands in the shadow of Trump. But I think you do have to, to note that Trump came about after Obama, that the country reacted to eight years of Obama by getting four years of Donald Trump. And this family has decided now after eight years of Obama and now you have Joe Biden and you have Kamala Harris, but they need to flee America for their lives. I also wonder how much of it is really that versus they really just want to move to Italy. But they, they, they need to have a story to tell, and their story to tell is the, is the hate. Because I got to tell you, given where they're going in Italy, they, they're, they may be surprised by the reception they're going to find there. They just might be. I'm I'm just I I'm it's it's a remarkable remarkable thing to see. But you know what? I got to tell you. It's okay. It's their choice. I'm not mad at them. I think they're going to be uh quickly disabused of the situation. I'm not mad at them. Not in any way shape or form. I think that they're going for the wrong reasons if they really do think it's about because this country's bad. God bless the woman for her service to this country as a soldier. But I just think that the left, as much as people on the right are accused of buying false narratives, a lot of people on the left are as well. And this goes back to our prior conversation. How many people have decided to tell themselves internally in their inner monologue, I'm a victim? And how much of what we're seeing playing out of the national landscape these days is people who internalized, I'm a victim? And they don't want to be talked out of being a victim because they actually want to be a victim because otherwise it's a little weird to pack up and leave this country and move to Italy and have CNN fawn over you. So you got to tell yourself and everyone else, well, it's because I'm a victim. Did you know China has made it a priority to teach students financial literacy starting in preschool? Financial literacy isn't taught in our elementary schools and parents lack the resources to teach it at home. American kids are yet again being left behind. Now there's a great way for parents and grandparents to help the kids they love learn about finance, thanks to The Sensibles, and at bcs-kids.com. The Sensibles are a team of animated superheroes who help kids age 6 to 12 develop smart money habits in a fun way. bcs-kids.com was created to channel this multimedia resource to kids everywhere. Buy a subscription for your loved ones, and each month, they'll get a Sensibles kit in the mail with an entertaining DVD, comic book, and activities. Digital subscriptions are also available. They'll also get access to an interactive website with a library of lessons, fun activities, and more. Want 20% off the monthly subscription costs? Visit at bcs-kids.com. Enter the promo code ERIC, my name, E-R-I-C-K. It's the sensible thing to do. Subscribe today at bcs-kids.com. Greetings and welcome. This is a, a bit of a bizarre story. Joe Biden has decided to, well, take part of the Grand Canyon area and establish a national monument there that will prohibit uh, drilling or extraction of, among other things, uranium. Uh, he said we need to, in some ways, restrict... 
um, re- restrict the access to that fuel. It was kind of a bizarre statement. It says it's not only good for Arizona but for the planet in so doing. Now, this is this is very weird because it's it's widely accepted at this point that we need new nuclear power plants in this country, that wind and solar combined are not going to be good enough. We need nuclear power plants in this country. Georgia Power in Georgia has just turned on plant Vogel. It is the only new nuclear power construction in this country in decades. And it's going to be powering homes for many decades to come with clean nuclear power. The Biden administration has shown absolute no willingness to expand nuclear power in the country. Uh, They've offered no incentives for nuclear power in the country, and now he's restricting access to uranium deposits that could be used for nuclear power plants in this country. This is just bizarre that they would do so. And they claim, of course, that this is about the climate crisis. By the way, you know he went on the Weather Channel uh, to, to talk about climate change. The Weather Channel has increasingly become politically of the left. Uh, it's not just about weather anymore. It's also about indoctrination these days, about the left's causes on climate change and the like. And so he went there to uh, yuck it up. Uh, but this is just, this is bizarre. It's also a big gift to Vladimir Putin and the Chinese to restrict our ability to extract our own uranium from our own land. We see this with lithium mines in this country as well, where the environmentalists on the left have got the Biden administration to restrict access to American lithium deposits, which makes us more dependent on China. This is just, I mean, it, it, you kind of do understand why so many people think he's bought and paid for by China because everything he's doing is making us more dependent on China when it comes to natural resources. It's just, it's bizarre. It really is. Unless you explain it as he's on the take from China, or at least the Biden family as a whole is. All right, we got to move on. But before we do, let me tell you about vision computers with back to school going on and you need a new computer for your kid. They can build you a laptop or a desktop. They can build it for you to meet the specs you actually need or want. Now, some of you are thinking, well, I don't know what I want. We'll call Vision 404 Compute. Sit down with them and tell them you've got a kid going back to school. They're in high school or college. This is what they're doing. They can build a computer that meets their needs now and tomorrow so you don't have to keep worrying about your computer becoming outdated. But also for your company. Call them and talk to them and say, look, I've got a company, we're small, we got 15 employees or less or more, and here's what we do. We need computers. They can be your tech support too, so they'll build your computers for you and they'll be your tech support. And many times they can just remote in to fix your computer. You don't even have to bring your computer to them. Uh, they They can remote in. So if you're in Alaska or you're in Maine or Miami, wherever, you can still use Vision Computer and they can take care of you. They can build you a computer, save you some money, be your tech support, and they actually answer the phone and work with you over the phone. So your employees, you don't need an IT department. Your employees individually will be able to call Vision or your kid if you buy it for your home and Vision can take care of you. Call 404-COMPUTE today. 404-COMPUTE. Talk to Vision. Buy a computer from them. Let them be your tech support. If you just want their world-class tech support, you haven't bought your computer from them, they can help you there as well. 404-COMPUTE or visioncomputers.com. Call them and tell them I sent you. I am a small businessman. The company that I run for my radio show, it's a small business. I've got employees. I don't have HR. You may be in that situation, and you may really need HR. Well, 
You may want to talk to Bambi. When running a business, your employees can create all sorts of interesting situations and they could get you in trouble. What happens when two employees are squabbling? One of them smells bad all the time. What do you do? How do you navigate the rules? With Bambi, you get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 a month. They're available by phone, email, real-time chat. Onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance. Your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. Let Bambi handle your employees for you. Their HR autopilot automates important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. Listen, you want U.S.-based HR managers who give you experience, expertise, a personal touch you need to make it seem like they're a part of your team. They can cost eighty grand a year, but Bambi starts at $99 a month. Schedule your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type in Eric Erickson under podcast when you sign up. It'll help you. It'll help your company grow. It'll help you keep peace of mind. It's spelled B-A-M-B-E-E. Bam. B-E-E.com. Bambi.com. Type in Eric Erickson. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Ron DeSantis has fired another state attorney in Florida. This one had a press conference and ended giving the Antifa fist-in-the-air salute, uh, which pretty much tells you everything you need to know about what's going on there. Uh, This is the Ninth Judicial Circuit State Attorney Monique Worrell uh, suspended her for dereliction of duty on crime. DeSantis says that Worrell, whose jurisdiction includes Orlando, has routinely allowed murderers and other violent offenders to escape the full consequences of their criminal conduct. The governor is tapping Florida Judge Andrew Bain to replace Worrell as the state attorney. The practice and policies of her office have allowed murderers, often violent offenders and dangerous drug traffickers, to receive extremely reduced sentences and escape the full consequences of their criminal conduct. In some cases, these offenders have evaded incarceration altogether. State Attorney Worrell's practices undermine Florida law and endanger the safety, security, and welfare of our communities that Ms. Worrell was elected to serve. DeSantis highlighted the move on Wednesday along with other uh, Florida officials, including the Attorney General Ashley Moody who stated that Worrell routinely avoided mandatory minimum sentences for gun crimes and drug trafficking offenses, as well as allowing juvenile offenders to avoid serious charges and incarceration. She also allegedly limited charges against child pornography offenders and avoided sentencing enhancements such as those based on prior offenses. My goodness, this is the second time he has done this. Um... Now, by the way, uh, Worrell says this is to distract from his failing presidential campaign and that he's nothing but a dictator, as she did the Antifa fist-in-the-air salute. I So this follow along with me here. Now, this is – I have not played this out of my head ahead of time. you you got to know something about me here. When I was in law school, if I was the first person out of the room – in an exam, so law school exams are typically essay exams. You are asked questions. You're given a fact pattern. You have to uh, examine the the legal issues involved, write them out, and it these tests are like four hours long. 
If I was the first person out of the room, I tended to do very well. If I was one of the last people out of the room, which only happened twice, I was did one of the worst. My worst grade in law school was criminal law. Uh, my first year in law school, I got a C. My very best grade in law school was constitutional law. It was a four-hour exam. My next-door neighbor is actually my constitutional law professor. A four-hour exam. I got a 98. I was done in an hour and a half. If I was the first one out, I did very well. Now, I say that and then say this. When I come into radio, I don't do takes on monologues. I just come in, I sit down, and I talk to you, and inevitably, the very first time is the best. I tend to move fast, and sometimes I talk a little too fast. Sometimes radio stations speed me up, so it sounds like I'm talking fast, even when I'm not. I, you would be amazed at the number of hate mails I get from people say, you're talking too fast, and I was not talking fast. It's just the station that I was on had run late in news, and so they sped up my voice. So I sound like I'm a little chipmunk, like I'm Ben Shapiro and a chipmunk kind of baby, and I'm talking like this. Um, it just it happens. But out of the gate, I tend to just freeform it, not a lot of thought. Sometimes it gets me in trouble. Generally, it's the best take. And I'm about to do that now. And I need you to know that I haven't prepared for this, but I'm just pulling things together in my head. It's all starting to work out. Progressivism is not a well-thought-out ideology. I mean, just think about this. We were originally told by progressives— that people are born gay or straight. And now we are told that it's all a choice and that if you were born a man who is sexually attracted to other men, you might actually be a woman in a man's body and you need to transition. It's deeply incompatible sexual orthodoxy. And it deeply contradicts the patterns and practices of the left on sexual ethic. We see so much of this. The left says the climate is warming and we need renewable energy solutions, but they're opposed to nuclear power. The left for years has told us if we wish to improve our healthcare systems and lower costs, we need to eat the outside perimeter of the grocery store and not the inside, that the stuff that's processed the least is the best for us. But now to save the planet instead of ourselves, we need to eat highly processed beyond burgers and impossible burgers because they're better for the planet because they're not cows and cows pollute too much. It's all deeply contradictory. And that now gets me to these prosecutors. The left says we have a gun violence problem in our country. But because they also believe we have a race problem in our country, refuse to punish the gun crimes in this country because the gun crimes disproportionately are done at the hands of young black men in gangs or otherwise. They contradict themselves. They have competing claims. They have completing narratives, and they haven't been able to synthesize them. So here's the thing. Let me let me bring 2,000 years of Christianity into this. Uh, even, even people who dispute Christianity largely tend to agree that the New Testament does not contradict itself and that the New Testament and Old Testament things that appear to contradict each other have been sorted out logically uh, over a series of 2,000 years. So Christianity is a very 
very con, um, consistent religion where things that appear to be contradictions really are not contradictions. You know, like the shibboleths of the damned, I call them, when, when someone who's not a Christian says, well, you have tattoos and mixed fabric clothing. That's a shibboleth of the damned, the people who say that are hellbound because they don't know anything about the faith. They don't know about the the changes in the orthodoxies over time and the differences between the New Testament and the Old Testament. But over 2,000 years, Christianity has landed on, on consistency that doesn't contradict itself. Secularism is a rising new religion, and it's full of these contradictions that there we have too many guns in our country and we need to crack down on gun violence, but the people who commit the most gun crimes in this country disproportionately tend to be young black men against young black men, and we can't prosecute them because they're victims of racism and systemic racism in this country. So you can't actually do anything to solve the problems of guns. It's completely contradictory on itself. And that's what these prosecutors are, are, are being shown to be doing. You have gun crimes like in Washington, D.C. now. 160-some-odd homicides this year setting a record. And the prosecutor, a Biden appointee, won't prosecute most of them as violent offenders, isn't pursuing them, is, is letting other gun criminals out of jail. And being light on the other gun crimes because of systemic racism and things like that is inspiring other criminals to become even more violent. And the left can't recognize it. They don't want to recognize it. It's deeply, deeply contradictory. But people are starting to realize the contradictions, and they're starting to rebel against those contradictions. Black and Hispanic Americans don't feel safe in their neighborhoods anymore as white progressives decide they need less police because police are the product of systemic racism. So... Americans overwhelmingly are voting against the deep contradictions of the left. And, you know, it, it may be the case. In fact, I, I will admit that one of the first things I thought this morning with hearing the news that after after shaking up his campaign, announcing his campaign manager, bringing in a new campaign manager, Ron DeSantis, uh, ouse this state, state attorney. It's a great way to get the message off his campaign reboot and focus on him being the governor of Florida, keeping people safe. It's smart politics. You, you got to give it to him. It is. It's a great way to get back into the conversation without talking about a, a sagging campaign that's lackluster, not doing what people expected it to do at this point. But also, it highlights a real issue that we as a people have to deal with, that the left's ideologies conflict with each other, and they're making choices based on intersectionality, that, okay, crime is bad, but if we prosecute too many young black gangbangers, well, that looks like racism, so we can't because racism trumps everything. Remember, they were all about anti-Asian violence, too, until it turned out that the majority of attacks on Asian Americans come from young black men and gangs. Then they had to get rid of that. So ultimately, into the end of the day, with, with the left, race is king. Everything is about race and racism. 
they define themselves based on skin color. Not a surprise that so many slaveholders in the 1800s were Democrats. Everything's about race. The Democratic Party has never gotten over its obsession with race. They like to say mythologically, oh, all those people became Republicans. No, no, no. George Wallace died a Democrat. They like to say things like that. Robert Byrd was in the KKK, died a Democrat. They like to say Republicans, all those racist Democrats became Republicans. That's not really true. Joe Biden, still a Democrat. Ask him about the quickie marts and the 7-Eleven. See what he says. It's going to be racist, whatever it is. There's just this level of obsession with race on the Democratic Party side, and it's so unhealthy, and it's beginning to have deep, contradictory impacts in their public policies. They want to crack down on gun crimes. They want to confiscate guns. They want to make America safe from guns, and yet they can't prosecute gun crimes because of the racial disparities in the crimes that they would prosecute to keep people safe from guns. They can't do it because race is the be-all, end-all ideological ideological foundation and cornerstone of the Democratic Party right now. Everything comes down to race and racism. And the result is that all those white people suffering their white guilt are chasing black and Hispanic Democrats out of the Democratic Party into the hands of Donald Trump. It is one of the most remarkable things. The man the Democrats say is racist is attracting black and Hispanic voters away from the white Karens of the Democratic Party. It's just, honestly, it's one of the most remarkable things in American politics that too few wish to appreciate, even though it's a real thing. Hello there. Welcome. Glad to have you with me. Uh, This is, I got to spend just a moment on foreign policy here. This is kind of important, and things are not going well for us in West Africa. Now, I, listen, I realize that there are a lot of people who wish that the United States would just pull its soldiers out from all over the world, stop supporting places like Ukraine, just come home and leave the world to itself. That isolationism has provoked world wars in the past. And I realize that there are isolationists who try to rewrite history and say that's not really true, but actually is true. Uh, The United States is the leader of the free world. If we cede that ground, others who do not have our interests at heart will take over. And we're seeing this attempt by the Russians and others, including the Chinese in West Africa. We have been fighting for 20-some-odd years in West Africa against an Islamic militant threat. And the way we have done it is actually we send our soldiers there. And they train those country soldiers. It's actually what George W. Bush doesn't get a lot of credit these days from people on the left or the right. But it was one of his genius programs in Africa. He cared deeply about the African continent, PEPFAR and other programs he deployed there. But one of the things he decided to do was given the threat and the instability in Africa, we should train African nation soldiers and then let them do the fighting with our weaponry. And West Africa was a huge success, and we centered it out of Niger. Uh, We worked with the Ivory Coast and Ghana, Togo, Benin, Nigeria, Niger, Liberia, Sierra Leone, Senegal, um, and it's worked tremendously. We've had uh, commando bases, special operations headquarters, and drone bases in West Africa. We've been helping them, train them to fight uh, terrorists, to fight Islamic uh, nationalists who are taking over countries there. And it's worked. Until now, in Niger, there's a coup. 
And do you know who one of the coup leaders is? The general that we trained. Yeah. Musa Salawa Bermal. He's the brigadier general, one of the coup plotters. The American military has courted the man for 30 years. We sent him to the National Defense University in D.C. He's had American officers in his home for dinner. He's in charge of the elite special forces of Niger that have been fighting uh, the Islamic State fighters in Western Africa. He's the guy. And now he's on the side of the coup leaders, and we're trying to get the coup leaders to stand down. And we're still trying to figure out the coup leaders have decided the president of Niger was bad and that they needed to oust him to somehow restore democracy. And we're still trying to figure out exactly what they want. The Part of the problem here, too, is that the Wagner mercenaries who got thrown out of Russia after they charged up to Moscow, they're now all down in Mali and other West African countries wrecking havoc against our interests. And the problem is that the Islamic State is regrouping in Western Africa. Niger and Nigeria, uh, both pluralistic, um, multi-religious democracies, have been overrun with the Islamic State. The, The violence in Nigeria, in northern Nigeria, is tremendous. Nigeria is south of Niger. And it's destabilizing. And the Biden administration seems to be intent on screwing it all up. And yes, by the way, this actually has a lot to do with the Biden administration because the Biden administration very arrogantly decided if George Bush and Donald Trump were going to do something, even if Barack Obama preserved it, they were going to do differently. Remember what Bob Gates said about uh, said uh, about or, or what 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 um, Barack Obama did? Never underestimate Joe Biden's ability to f things up. That's that's what's happening in Niger. The foreign policy and military policy of the Biden administration, we're we're pushing people we've trained into the hands of Russian mercenaries and allowing the Islamic State to regroup and become more powerful and better armed in West Africa. It's a terribly destabilizing situation. And this administration seems absolutely clueless. The next administration is going to have to clean up so much on the foreign policy stage. But, hey, maybe they'll get a deal between Israel and Saudi Arabia that wouldn't have been possible but for Donald Trump, and he'll never give Donald Trump the credit for making it possible. It's just the way the world works these days. It doesn't. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to – has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.